This morning, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. And as you're doing that, let me just uh, remind you that the church here in Tacoa, Georgia, exists in two spheres that is important for us to understand. We exist here as the church that gathered. We're here in what's called a congregation. It's called a congregation because we congregate. We come together. And when the church is gathered together, our purpose is to worship and equip. To worship and equip. To worship the living God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then to equip one another. Well, what is it we're equipping one another for? Well, that's the other arena in which the church exists. Here we come as the church gathered, but we leave to be the church scattered. And as we're scattered around in our neighbors and communities, we're here for missions, ministry, and evangelism to impact the culture in which we live. So the church gathered is to worship and equip, but the church scattered is to be engaged in doing uh, missions, ministry, and evangelism. Now, as Jesus was teaching in what we lovingly call the Sermon on the Mount, there's a passage I want you to nail down with me in chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, and I want you to find verse 13, because this describes who we are and what it is we need to be about. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Now, now pause a minute. The word you there in that Greek language is in what's called the emphatic tense. And you know the word emphatic to make an emphasis there, okay? So what it really means is you and only you. You, I'm talking about you, all right? That's what it means to be in the emphatic. So he's speaking to each and every one of us, and he says, you, and I mean you, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to open this precious word to us in such a way that we can sense your presence and since you're speaking to our hearts, we ask that in Christ's name. Amen. Brought a little visual aid with me this morning, salt shaker. I'll get to that in just a few moments. Why salt? Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. Why would he call us salt? I mean, why not pepper? Uh, why not mustard or ketchup? You know, why not some other condiment? Why would he call us salt? Well, there are five characteristics of salt that makes it an absolutely genuine example of who we are and what it is we're to be about. And I want you to see these this morning and apply them not only to the little grains of salt, but to us because we are the salt of the earth. Okay? First of all, this is in your notes, salt is valuable. Salt is valuable. Now, especially in, in that day, uh, salt was used sometimes even to pay people. Yeah, uh, Roman soldiers especially have liked to be paid in salt. You see, uh, money was only as good as what's behind it. You do know that, don't you? That $100 bill you got in your billfold is only worth $100 because there's $100 worth of gold somewhere that backs it up. Well, what backed up the value of salt are these five characteristics. They were valuable, and people were often paid in salt. Have you ever heard the, the, the phrase, that man's not worth the salt? Okay, that, that's what, where this comes from. 
that he's not worth what he's being paid. He's, he's not worth the value that is in salt. So salt is valuable. Listen to me. You're valuable first to God. As the salt of the earth, you are valuable first to God, to God because he has no plan B. It's us. And that's why this says in the emphatic, you, I mean you and only you. This is God's only plan, is for you and I to be the salt of the earth. He doesn't have plan B. So we're valuable to God because this is his plan for this world to be touched with the gospel and love of Jesus Christ. But because of that, you and I are valuable to the culture in which we live. We're valuable to our neighborhood. We're valuable where we work. We're valuable wherever the Lord has planted us because we bring value to the table. You know, every employer should go looking for Christians to employ because they bring so much added value to the job when they're being the salt of the earth. We bring value because we come to touch a community and a culture with the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So wherever we are, whatever we do, we're there. And that brings value. So first of all, I want you to see this. You are valuable like salt. You're valuable like salt because it, you, are, you are the only hope God has given this world. Because it's through the sharing of the gospel, through the sharing of our testimonies, that lives are impacted and changed. Secondly, salt was a preservative. Salt was a preservative. You see, in those days, they didn't have refrigeration. And so when, when meat was brought home, the women would take them and they would pack it in salt. They would pack the meat in salt. And what that would do is it would act as a, a disinfectant and as antibacterial. And even today, they're, they're, you know, we still do that in some cultures. We still uh, pack. So I, I, I love salt-cured ham. Oh, that is so good. And that red-eye gravy goes a long way. I, I'm getting hungry. Never mind. Let me, let me quit right there. But salt was there as a preservative. It kept stuff from rotting. Okay? Without packing salt in that meat, it was just a short period of time before it would begin to decompose, to rot. Maggots come in, all the rest of this kind of stuff. But when it was packed with salt, it was kept it's a preservative. You and I are valuable here on planet Earth because God has put us here as salt to be a preservative in this culture in which we live. Well, what is it that we're supposed to preserve? We're still supposed to preserve the position and opinion of God. We're supposed to maintain the moral order. We're supposed to be the ones that stand up for that which is right and true and honest and noble and good and lovely. We're to stand up for those things. And why do we have to do this? Because the natural order of the world and we're living in is decaying. The natural order around us, morals all the way around us are decaying. Would anybody like to challenge me on that? I mean, morals all around us are in a constant state of decay. And so God has placed us here in a great valuable situation to maintain the moral order. Now, I have to say, getting a little further into that verse, that this is one place that the salt has lost its savor. We have lost our emphasis and lost our impact on the world around us in so many ways because of something I'm going to share with you a little later. We are here as a preservative. We're here to preserve the integrity of the name and the word of God and to proclaim it and to live it and to share it. So we are preservatives here.
So you're valuable, first of all, because you're a preservative. You're here to preserve the moral order of right and wrong and moral excellence in this world today. You see, we understand our morality, our ethics, are are, uh, really hinged on the Word of God. For us, it is, what does the Bible say? That's that's what gives us our moral compass. Uh, Frank Peretti, a, a great writer of our time right now, he's actually been here and spoken in our church before. He said, the problem with the world today is it's lost its moral compass. It, it, it no longer has a way to turn to what's true north. And that is because we as salt have not maintained a true north heading. We have not maintained a compass. You see, nowadays, here's the phrase you hear over and over again. Well, truth is relative. Truth is relative. Or maybe you hear it this way. <clears throat> well, that may be true for you, but that doesn't make it true for me. My truth may not be your truth, but it's truth because it's true to me. Well, that may sound well to, well, not to a logical mind, but anyway, that may sound well to some. But that's chock full of error and foolishness. Truth, by definition, <clears throat> can only be one thing, can only be one way. It is exclusive. And so as, as Christians, as salt of the earth, we're to hold out what is true and, and, and speak to the world, this is our true north. This is the direction we need to be going in. So you and I are valuable as a preservative and to give, give preserved truth in the world in which we're around. Third thing is this, salt provides taste. It provides taste. It's a seasoning, all right? Larry and I were invited to go out to a restaurant for breakfast uh, with some friends of ours. And uh, we were going there and they said, look, everything is really, really good. But I will tell you this about the grits. Now, I love grits, okay? And I personally think that you dishonor grits by putting sugar on them, okay? That's just my personal opinion, all right? I heard that amen. (laughs) Grits need butter and salt, okay? But now, what our friend said is, look, you need to doctor up your grits because when you go in there, they cook them, there's nothing in them. They don't put any salt or anything in them. And I took a little bite, and yep, it just kind of laid there, all right? So what do you do? You put salt on that. Salt gives taste. It gives flavor. It, it is valuable because of the way it flavors things. It flavors meat. It flavors vegetables. It flavors everything. You and I are valuable to this culture because we bring flavor to the world. Now, the world in which we're living thinks flavor comes from crude jokes or putting people down or being successful. But the Word of God makes it clear that genuine flavor comes in life when folks do what's right and they reach out in love and in kindness, even to those who don't really like them. That brings flavor into the world. Flavor causes people to say, I want some of that. What is it that you have that's enabling you to go through this very difficult time right now? And you're you're going through it with hope. You're going through it with vision. You're going through it, uh, you know, and you should be falling apart by the world's standards. But there's a taste that you have that's different from the world around. And so if we're being the salt of the earth, God's looking at, he's working through us, and this world around us says, I want what you got. Because obviously it's having an impact in your life. Obviously it's making life doable for you. 
This, this salt that you have, it provides genuine taste. In this tasteless society of shock jocks and humanism and religion and uh, meaningless relationships, to have something that has the taste of godliness, of holiness, of purity, of gentleness, of grace and mercy is something this world is longing for. And so as we're the salt of the earth, we're valuable because we, preserve a, we have a very natural preservative and we provide taste into this world. Fourth thing salt is, salt causes thirst. Salt causes thirst. Uh, I, I got a bottle of water uh, from somewhere, I don't remember where we were, and I was thirsty and I chug-a-lugged that thing all the way down and just a minute or two later I was, I was just as thirsty as I was before. And just, my, my wife is a label reader. So I got that bottle back and I turned around and looked at it. You know what the first element was in that water? Sodium chloride. Do you know what sodium chloride is? Salt. They'd added salt to the water. Now, not a lot where you would, I mean, like at the ocean, you know, you'd be sucking in water. But just enough to where when you finished it, you need another bottle. Now, that may be good marketing in the chemistry, but I didn't buy that brand anymore, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but you can go look at the label for yourself and see. For the first item that you see there is, is a, a primary ingredient when you read a label. So read, read that label and see. You'll find out which one it is yourself. Here's something they knew. Salt makes you thirsty, and thirsty people want to drink more. Well, that makes good sense. You and I are supposed to live the kind of lives as salt in this world, where the world looks at us and they become thirsty for what we have. Thirsty for a relationship like that with Jesus Christ. Thirsty for a home and a family that looks like that. Thirsty for this kind of community that we provide here at Ebenezer. So when you and I are the church scattered and we go outside these doors, we're to be the salt of the earth and to where our neighbors and, and the people we work with, the folks we go to school with, whatever it is, they long to have what we have. Do they know that you have anything valuable? Do they know that you have anything of value that they would be thirsty for? Not if we're not living salty lives. Salt causes thirst. Now, things have changed now, but it used to be when you go to the, to the movies, you'd have to go in there and you just, there's two things you've got to have before you can sit down. You've got to have a big bag of popcorn and you've got to have a soft drink. Well, when they give you that movie popcorn, it's got lots of butter on it and tons of salt. So after three or four bites of that, you know, you have to take a swig of that Coke and it's not too long before you ain't got anything left but ice over here. <laughs> And it used to be that right about that time you had to go back and get a refill and you had to pay for it. Now, most places now don't do that anymore. But that was good marketing. Put plenty of salt on the popcorn and you'll sell more soft drinks. Indeed, that's the case. You and I are to make this world as salty as people eating movie popcorn and not having a cold drink to go along with it. And they do that by us living as the salt of the earth. Finally, the last thing is this. Salt is purifying. Salt is purifying. It has a great healing agent to it. Uh, it it's, a, it's a phenomenal power. Larry and I, on one of our trips to the Holy Lands, we take groups over there, and I love doing that so much. But 
right after we arrived in the Holy Land, Valeria cut her finger, put a, got a pretty good gash in it. And uh, I had it wrapped up and I put a little antibiotic on it. But that very day, we were visiting the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea is a phenomenal place to go. It has the highest concentration of salt and minerals as anybody, uh, any bo uh, body of water on the planet. It's so dense that you can't swim. You can't sink in the Dead Sea. You can literally stand up and you bob like a cork. You, just, you won't go under because of the density of the salt and minerals. Well, Valeria got in and she, you don't really swim, you kind of crawl along the top of the water is what you really do. And she was in there for about 20 minutes. She, you know, she got out, she clicked, got all changed and everything like that, came back on the bus. And uh, after about an hour, she looked at her finger and she said, look at this. And it was already pretty much closed up. By the next day, it was totally healed. The thick salt concentration of the water in the Dead Sea had brought a healing there like no antibiotic ointment I could have put on it could have brought. Because salt has a way of bringing about healing, about purifying. As you and I are living as the salt agents in our community, we're bringing that healing and that hope and that vision of what life can be like. We get to bring that the salt of our lives as we're moving alongside others who are hurting brings healing and hope and promise into their lives. And so Jesus is saying, look, you are valuable. You're valuable to me. You're valuable to this world because you have a very natural preservative about yourself. You make taste. You make people thirsty. And you bring healing and hope into their lives. So you're valuable. Now, we got that down pat. We're all on the same page here. We're valuable. Let me tell you three characteristics that I see about the church today. And the biggest one is this. We are no longer the salt of the earth. We're the salt of the salt shaker. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, salt in this salt shaker is designed for me to be able to spread on my food. Okay? And it's got, got plenty of salt in there. But if you'll notice, no salt's coming out. No salt's coming out. There's plenty of salt in here to provide taste and flavor and preservatives and healing. But the problem is, it won't come out. You and I have ceased to be the salt of the earth and have become the salt of the shaker. This is the shaker. This building, this is the salt shaker. And we come here often to have our spiritual tummies filled, to have an opportunity of worship. We come here often to engage in fellowship with one another. But just like the salt here refuses to get out of the shaker, you and I refuse to be the salt of the earth out there. And we've satisfied ourselves with being the salt of the shaker in here. You don't mind exhibiting your Christian life here. You don't mind singing and praying and shouting hallelujah and get excited about spiritual things here. Because you're the salt of the shaker. But Jesus didn't call us to be salt of the shaker, did he, Blake? He called us to be the salt of the world. Salt that comes out and is cast out into the world where it can provide value and taste, and flavor, 
and preservative and healing. We can't provide any of that when we stay in the shaker. And in my months here at Ebenezer, this is one of the things that has troubled me most. We have said, God, I know you said we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. But we choose to be the salt of the shaker. Are you shaken yet? If you're not, you ought to be. We need to come together. We need to worship. We need to be equipped. But there's a purpose in that. And the purpose in that is to be the salt out there. You have neighbors that need your saltiness. You have co-workers that need your saltiness. You've got family members that will die and spend eternity in hell if you don't get salty in their lives. How dare you and I rewrite the Bible to say the salt is supposed to stay in the shaker. You say, well, Brother Fred, I don't see how you can say that. I'm a little upset that you would say that about our church. It's my church too, at least for a little while longer. (laughs) If we were being the salt of the earth, the pews would be filled to overflowing Sunday after Sunday. The baptistry would never stop flowing And we would be the place of hope for a hurting, lost, broken community. The challenge, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. But then, will you notice what he said after that? This is very important. He says, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is what? Good for what? Nothing. It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. We sit around and we complain about the morals of our nation. We sit around and we complain about our politicians and how things are going so bad. But you know what we do? We run to the church and we huddle And we get in our solely shaker and we complain about the condition of the world we're living in and the morals of our society degrading. But we just don't do anything about it. We're satisfied to stay in the shaker. God didn't call us to be the salt of the shaker. He called us to be the salt of the earth. And so we wonder why from politicians to uh, actors and our neighbors and such, that our morality and our way of doing things is just squished under feet. When we've lost our saltiness, when we've refused to be the salt to preserve this world, To maintain moral true compass north, how can we expect to have an influence on a world that we will not impact with our saltiness? We see this in politics back about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. 
Christians said, oh, politics is getting so, so horribly corrupt and everything that Christians shouldn't be engaged in politics at all. And most of all, the Christian community began to withdraw from the political scene. Well, who did that leave to fill all of these political positions? Lost people. People that had no moral compass. The church decided, let's just get in the salt shaker and we'll pray to God to hurry up and come soon and deliver us from this horrible world that we have let go to hell in a handbasket by not being out there being the salt. Lord, help us. I don't want to be the salt of the shaker. Because that's not biblical. I want to be what Jesus called us to be the salt of the earth but in order for me to do that I've got to get out of the shaker how do I get out of the shaker just follow Jesus he refused to be put in the shaker he refused to be confined to the temple he refused to be confined to Judaism Because God so loved the world, not just those who could fit inside the shaker. Here's the challenge today. God doesn't need salt shaker Christians. They're worthless to him. Pastor Jamie does not need salt shaker Christians. They're worthless to him. Today would be a real good day. To say, God, by your grace, I'm making up my mind. I'm no longer going to be the salt of the shaker. I'm scared to death. And I don't know how this is going to turn out. But with all that is within me, I want to be the salt of the earth. Will you pray that prayer with me? Father God, we are valuable so incredibly valuable to this world we live in. To be supernatural preservatives. To provide taste and thirst and healing. But that's never going to happen if we don't get out of these doors. If we don't choose to live our faith as strongly at work and at play as we do here. Oh Lord, I love to come together to worship you. I love to come together to sing and to pray and to to see the wonderful works that you're accomplishing. I love to come together to study how how to know my Bible better or how to do this better or whatever. But Lord, how easy it is for us to make that an end in itself. And that's not what you called us to do. You called us to gather to be worship, to worship and equip so we can go out and be the church scattered doing ministry and missions and evangelism, providing taste and thirst and preservative and healing for a dying world. Lord, call us to get out of the shaker and join you in the world, ministering to hurting people. And may we be that place of hope 
and that place of healing that you've called us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.